Are you concerned about hitting your revenue targets this month, quarter, or year? Your answer is Value Prime Solutions, a sales training and marketing optimization company leveraging the value selling framework. Visit www.valueprimesolutions.com and start accelerating your results. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. If you're not able to listen to the entire episode today, please feel free to hit our website, b2brevexec.com. You'll find links to this interview, as well as others we've conducted and additional content, all designed to help you beat your targets. Today, I'm excited to speak with Mike Moore, partner and chief commercial officer at Willow Tree, to discuss generating revenue in the digital agency space and some of the challenges that, that they've faced and overcome. Uh, so just kind of as a jumping off point, Mike, I want to thank you for your time. And let's just start with kind of a little background on what Willow Tree does and your role there. Sure, Chad. Um, hi, everybody. Happy to be here today. Willow Tree is a, a digital and a mobile uh, product agency. Uh, we specialize in uh, strategy, design, development, and deployment of kind of any digital experience that you can really think of, anything with a screen on it, quite frankly. Uh, a big chunk of the work we do is around applications and native and web applications. But in this day and age, we really do try and talk in terms of experiences and whether that's interactive TV or multimodal kind of voice experiences, we try and help Fortune 500 companies, uh, whether it be consumer or enterprise oriented, to create these really engaging experiences across all platforms. Excellent. Excellent. And so uh, your role there, what, what's your primary function? Yeah, I'm a partner in the firm and my kind of day job is uh, chief commercial officer, which means I'm responsible for all of our client side activity, business development, trade uh, marketing, uh, and basically engaging new and e- expanding existing client base. So basically all of, all of the client side activity kind of comes in through, through our side. So many, many hats. <laughs> yeah. And, and many hats with regard to kind of the work you do, many hats, even within a single client, being able to be, uh, their confidant, their doctor in some cases, we always like to say we try and be doctors, not waiters with our clients. So, um, <laughs> Uh, it really, it really does kind of come down to every individual client having individual needs. So many, many, many hats. Excellent. We've had conversations before, and for those in the audience who don't know, I spent ten years in the same space that Willow Tree's in. But I'm curious. We've seen a lot of consolidation over the years of, of agencies uh, kind of getting bought up by you know the big four or whatnot. And today, you know, those independent agencies they they struggle at times across the board, some are better at it than others in terms of maintaining and creating, you know, a sustainable pipeline, right? And, and, and how do you guys approach that? And how do you uh, work to make sure it is a little bit more predictable, you know, than it can sometimes be in the professional services space? Yeah, I mean, I obviously can't speak to how the big four do these sorts of things, or, or, or indeed how some of these acquisitions are going. You obviously hear things in the market all the time. As far as Willow Tree goes, we really try and stay true to kind of our our core values, which is we put our clients first. We suspend disbelief when faced with a challenge. We come at it with a really open mind and and really just try and get 
the most appropriate people from our organization around the problem as soon as we or, or an opportunity as quickly as we possibly can. I think with regard to how we do it, I, I think one of the things we love about our sales philosophy is getting the business folks out of the way. And that may, <laughs> seem, that, that may, may sound counterintuitive to folks, but, but we've had real success having our business folks focused on framing opportunities, framing a problem. Really, you know, the number one thing I encourage all of our business development folks to do is to listen, to digest, to understand. And then really the challenge is how do we extract the best thinking from all of the experts we have at Willowtree and, and effectively get out of the way? I think particularly with new clients, they're looking to get to the solution as quickly as they possibly can. I, I think the day and age of being kind of inundated with keynote and PowerPoint, I think those days are kind of gone. I think people expect to get to the root faster and they'll judge you on your merits. Do you have the people to do, deliver what they're after? Do we have the vision to deliver what they're after? And from our perspective, we keep it lean and we get we get the experts in front of the client as soon as we possibly can. And the business developers, if they've done their job, have framed, digested the problem or the opportunity, have briefed the team at Willowtree effectively and managed to kind of assemble the team that's best suited to the task. Yeah, it's always, it was always my experience as a challenge, right? If you, if you can frame the business issue and then allow the experts, right, the, the room kind of, I don't want to say define the envelope because essentially what you guys are doing is, is innovation, right, essentially. Yeah. And being able to make sure that that connects back to the to a business issue that can be tracked and success can be quantified again. Yeah. Again, so there's always been a challenge, right? Yeah. I, I listen. We'd all love it if if you were able to get a brief, you're able to do an estimate, and hey, it's going to take six sprints or six months or whatever it might be, uh, and we have a really clear view of requirements and we've got some data about your end user that we can employ. You know, that's all kind of pie in the sky most of the time. There are oftentimes <laughs> right. lots of gaps along the continuum. And, you know, it's the frustrating, but also kind of the the real, it's the rub. It, it's really what kind of gets you going. And the ability to be able to kind of fill those gaps, to be able to think creatively where there is no data is is really where kind of the magic happens. How big is your guys' uh, business development team? I, I think all in, we're about 10 folks. We have four primary kind of category leads, so frontline business developers. We've got three folks in more of a solutions architect capacity. We've got some business analysts, and we have kind of an operations person that helps us with collateral sales material and, and processing some of kind of the, the SOW and contract work. So I'd say about 10 people. Okay. And when we were prepping for, for today's interview, we, we were talking about social selling. And I should clarify for anyone listening, we're not talking about LinkedIn uh, and Twitter. <laughs> that social selling is a buzzword. Everybody's going to go on to that. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, what we're talking about is that actual human connection. And, and Mike, you said you were very proud of the way that your guys have been able to do that. Can you uh, illuminate that a little bit for me? Listen, our business is based is in based in Charlottesville, Virginia, and also down in Durham, North Carolina, um, which has many, many benefits from an operating perspective. The fact that we can attract and retain the best talent um, in the industry that we're not susceptible to a lot of the the pitfalls of maintaining a team in a traditional and I'm making little air quotes with my fingers <laughs> uh, traditional tech hub. But it also lends itself to a little bit to our personality. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. Our commercial approach is folksy, but a word we like to use is is authentic. And we believe we could have the best team in the world 
with the greatest reference applications and reference clients in the world. But if we don't make a genuine connection with our clients and we don't deepen that relationship over time, it's all kind of for naught. So we, the people we hire, have a great combination of tech, technical expertise, but but also exceptional people skills. And And our job really is to make a connection and solve a problem or create an opportunity, prove ourselves to clients, and then ultimately help them on a journey that for the foreseeable future, on at least on a digital track, will go on and on. So social selling to us um, and selling, you know, small s for selling really is we've managed to make great connections at the highest levels with some of our clients. And, you know, we're talking about major retailers, global retailers, you know, global entertainment businesses. And, you know, we have the relationships at the C level. We help them out around the edges wherever we can. Uh, prepping for internal meetings, helping them with conferences, submitting work for on their behalf for awards, and quite frankly, just spending good quality time with them uh, while we're on project or even in between projects. And what we like to do is be able to pinpoint a couple of these folks that we really are uh, close with, that we're like-minded, that we see the world the same way, not only kind of with regard to technology, but how you do business. And we ask them, are there other folks in your network that fit the bill that are that would be a good match for us that that have a genuine business opportunity or challenge that you think we might be a fit for or quite frankly that we would just get along with and it's been really successful for us and that's something that that I encourage our folks to do week in and week out is is that an approach to revenue generation that was or you guys organically arrived at or did you try other approaches and find they were less effective. Like I've seen agencies try and hire, you know, people that are more of that, you know, SaaS enterprise type sales, type A personalities that where you really have to bring back, uh, kind of roll them back off of being sales with a big S kind of, kind of people. Yeah. Is, did you guys try that approach or was this organic? How'd you, how'd you arrive at this? I think it's organic. I don't think you can divorce the two things. I don't think you can be a great relationship uh, executive in our business and not have the technical ability and or the insight. So let me just give you an example. You know, pretty much everybody on the business development team here at Willetree has an engineering degree somewhere in their education. And it may not all be computer science. It may be industrial or mechanical, but that technical appreciation for how things work, whether it be digital or physical, is a big part of the equation. They happen to be really good, smart, engaging people on top of all of that. But our opinion is you need to be both of those things. You need to be someone that's great at developing relationships, and you have to be somebody that's going to participate in the process. It's efficient, but it's, it is authentic. It's more genuine, and we strive for that. So for us, it's, it's less about process and, and to a certain degree, less about coaching, and it's really about hiring and, and finding people that, that kind of have all those aspects. So is there a secret sauce to that? Because I mean, the hiring is a challenge, especially when it comes to sales, especially if you're looking for, you know, engineering background people to, I mean, sales often in the digital agency space, it has bad connotation, right? Uh, we used to joke at Synergy yeah. about the magic bubble, right? Like the sales yeah. people <laughs> don't mess with the, the experts that are going to execute, let them believe that the money falls off the trees. So from a hiring standpoint, do you guys have to implemented processes or, or how do you uh, how do you go about making sure you're making the best and most informed hiring decision? It, it is a challenge. There is there is no easier way to put it. Um, that being said, it's worth the investment. It's worth 
it's kind of worth the pain. It's worth the wait <laughs> when, when you when you do get the the exact profile that you're after. I'm thinking of one of the hires we made about a year ago. We had one of our very senior business developers join us from Twitter, and we we waited about a year. We interviewed probably a hundred candidates, and we do have a saying here at Willowtree, and it, it's not meant to be cute. It's actually how we think of the world. In in that, when we see candidates and we have a doubt, we say we say if there's doubt, there's no doubt. And quite frankly, we weren't going to compromise. We believe that these business development roles are often the very first connection that clients have, and most times they are, unless they see some of our developers or our principal engineers or some of the other senior executives at conferences. Our business development executives are often the first connection they have to Willowtree. And you know, and I know, and every sales professional that that's worth a grain of salt knows that you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. So we, we don't take any chances at all on the hiring front in that regard. And, and while it is a long slog, sometimes um, we feel great about the hires we make. So, do you feel like you've had greater success like with a hiring ratio? I think I, somebody told me once that the best hiring managers bat 500. Are you guys feeling like your process and your patience, which is often a challenge, right? And patience becomes uh, can be can be a hurdle for agencies that are like you know, and companies that are like, hey, I need I need people on the street now. I need any yeah. revenue and that kind of stuff. Has that has that resulted in what you would consider a better than average hiring average? I we're certainly better than five hundred. That being said, you know we're not the largest organization in the world, and and while there is urgency in our business to to find more senior sales. Uh, and business development executives, it's not at kind of the expense of quality. So I feel like the patience aspect of it has allowed us to to do better than 500. We're probably a 800 or an 850. I would I would have thought. Wow, that's nice. But we've we've created enough space to to do that. So we've allowed our uh, enough running room, and and our senior executives have been patient, and that's really paid off for us. When you find these candidates and you bring them on, do you have a standard kind of onboarding process to to get them used to the Willow Tree culture and the the why you know Simon Sinek why of Willow Tree? Yeah, I think we have an onboarding process generally across the business. Quite frankly, I don't I don't believe there's a ton of specialized business development onboarding that I would credit with the success we've had. I think there's some of it that's been great, but but generally speaking. You know, the head of our HR here, um, Christy Phillips at Willowtree, uh, along with people like Greg Carrier, our COO, and Tobias, our CEO, and Blake Syrock, who's our chief experience officer, we've all kind of helped codify our core values. And our core values are things we live by and, and we hire by here at Willowtree. And the great news about it is it's something that the entire business has kind of put together. It came from our team. We helped kind of solidify it into ways we look at the world and the way we look at talent. So I think generally speaking, whether you're a first-year web developer out of college or a seven-year iOS developer or a, a recently minted MBA who's joining us as a business development executive, that core values approach to things is really the best onboarding vehicle we have. I think tactically, from a biz dev standpoint, we do really well with how we train for meeting protocol and 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 focus on kind of listening skills. I think we've got some of the best assets, our, our libraries, our proposal kind of libraries and, and assets are second to none. But that's much more tactical. I, I would credit kind of a willow tree wide core values approach to onboarding to be kind of the main driver in our success. 
uh, coupled with really sharp tactical business development training. Okay. And so when you have people of diverse backgrounds that are, you know, complete well, making up your business development team, how do you, because it's such a relationship-based sale, how are you guys tracking or quantifying, evaluating pipeline opportunities? And what's your process for, you know, for looking at what's in the pipeline and might close uh, you know, in the next 30, 60, 90 days versus what's a longer term opportunity. Have you guys uh, come up with an approach that you feel is, you know, resonates with the business? I, I think we have. I think like any other services business, it's a challenge. <laughs> if we were selling boxed software or we were selling equipment or hardware, it's a much more traditional approach to tracking. You you know this better than anybody. Yeah. Um, so I would say our approach our approach is as good as it can be. Uh, I think right now we're we're constantly trying to evolve it, but it's a combination of tool sets, but but really a deliberate and realistic eye on on the pipeline. We don't build pipeline for the sake of pipeline. So, for example, so let's start with the tools. So, you know, we use Salesforce. We probably use Salesforce at probably sixty percent of its capacity, but <laughs> but we're probably not alone in that regard. And we have a pipeline. I think the most important thing that we do as a business, and this kind of goes back to our core values, is we really try and keep each other with honest as to how real an opportunity is and and how real we should be in in the approach. Because we're not a, the biggest organization and because we do want to kind of focus our efforts, you know, we're not kind of a carpet bomb organization. We're more like kind of sniper, right? We take our shots very deliberately. We we're very calculated about them because we do, as I said earlier in the in the show, we do bring kind of our talent to bear and we want to make sure that we're doing that with the greatest possible chance of success rather than having a pipeline full of 25% probability. So nothing gets into our pipeline unless it's a 50-50. And quite frankly, our 50-50 is probably more like a 65% or so. That kind of comes from me, but everybody keeps themselves honest as to what's real, what's not. And I think week to week, that honesty helps with priority. And whether somebody's got two opportunities or 10 opportunities kind of boiling or bubbling at, at one time, we all have confidence that they're all very real. So for us, it's, you know, this may sound counterintuitive to lots of sales professionals, but it's not a numbers game for us. It's, it's a quality game for us. And I don't think that there's any magic tool set that can help you do that. I, I think it's really about a sales philosophy and a sales culture coupled with some tools to, to allow you to do that effectively. And you talk about sales culture. Is that something that you've seen? So I've seen in organizations, like I mentioned, where sales is a bad word. Right. And so there is a challenge incorporating that into the culture sometimes. Is that something you guys have been able to overcome where, where the organization as a whole understands that revenue generation is necessary to to continue to operate and continue to do really cool stuff? How have you how have you kind of integrated that across the board? I know exactly what you're saying. And, and I've been part of organizations in the past where there's and, and let's be let's be honest, there's there's always going to be friction between operations and the, commer the commercial side of a business. That's that yep. is a natural yep. that is a natural tension that exists in any business. I, I can say without without any doubt at all that that tension is alive at Willowtree, but it is a very healthy, very constructive tension. And I don't think I can put my finger on a single thing that we've done to kind of foster that, but it's it's obviously multifactorial. I think one, I think the fact that the people that are on the business development side at Willowtree are also engineers in their own right 
gives them some street cred within the organization. I think the fact that the business developers understand that we're a services business and, and they understand really and truly that that the software we write and the products we build take time and effort and sweat and tears. We don't take any of that for granted. So we are not that organization that grabs a brief, has a half-baked view of what's going on, throws it over the fence for the operation to get into it and solution it. That is not how we do it. We are as consultative with our internal stakeholders as we are with our clients. And that's throughout the process. And I think one of the big drivers in our success has been the fact that the operation feels invested. And when we do have a big lead, it feels like we bring them in early. We treat them as equal members of the team because they absolutely are. And I think you know what it's like when, you, when you're on and you're tracking against an opportunity and you win. For us, it's a, it's a real team win. And I think that that's a function of many things in the culture, not, not one single thing. So more of a team-based sale approach. Do you guys, I wouldn't assume that it's institutionalized, let's say, but it sounds very account-based sales, right? Like the right people talking to the right areas in the organization at the right time, coordinated through maybe some sales force, but more of that genuine authenticity. Yeah, and, and that, that exists pre-sale and that exists post, right? We do not have a dedicated account management layer at Willowtree. We have something called the Triforce, which is an idea we kind of stole from the video gaming uh, <laughs> video game world. Uh, when, once we have a client that's in and we're deep into project work, we have kind of a biweekly meeting of the minds. And the Triforce is the principal engineer who is responsible for – he or she is responsible for the technical excellence of the project. The project manager, who is a project manager, not an account manager, and they are – professionals they are they are trained to deliver the best experience on time and on budget and the business development exec who leads the relationship and that meeting of the minds every other week to it could be a 30 second meeting like hey everything's green and we're good to go thanks for coming to hey we we have a pretty complex or nuanced problem on the client side that's part technical part commercial part political quite frankly and and you really don't get to result resolving those problems from with a single perspective you really need all of those angles represented so for us that's that kind of triforce concept has been brilliant excellent i want to i want to go back to the tool stack for a second you mentioned salesforce and i know if you if you're doing i think you referred to it as the jerry mcguire approach of relationship building do you guys have a tool set or an approach from the marketing side that still may be trying to generate uh, new opportunities that, that leverages the data that you're putting into Salesforce. So basically what I'm trying to get at is what does your marketing stack look like and how well does it integrate with you know, what you're doing on the sales side? Yeah, our trade marketing team are, are great. I think for us, it's less to do with the tool sets, more to do with the strategy. And I think we're probably at the early days of being able to leverage the account data we have um, more effectively. To to be very honest with you, we have been very much a marketing-led uh, commercial um, business rather than a, a sales. And I, again, I'm making air quotes around <laughs> sales-led. Right. The majority of the time that our folks spend um, on the marketing side is largely around thought leadership and kind of creating a voice at conferences uh, via the website, via our partners like Forrester, so we've got great guys like Scott Wolfson, who leads kind of our analyst relations group within our trade marketing function. And we really work it, right? We were, we were mentioned uh, in kind of the top five in the Forrester wave. 
uh, as a strong performer last year. And that wasn't just kind of a one-time, hey, it's nice to hang that badge on the website. I mean, we activate that. We're constantly engaging with analysts to get new ideas. We are Google, Apple, Microsoft, Xamarin, and SAP certified partners. We work those channels, and, and that is to learn what's going on, to find out the trends in those markets, but also to push you know, our accomplishments and, and our thinking into those organizations. So um, I, think, I think we probably have a ways to go on kind of employing a stack and, and a strategy on an account basis, but I think we do leverage our data well when it comes to channel and partner marketing. Everything that we've talked about sounds very organic, purposeful, right, and authentic. Those are very powerful words, especially in the space that you guys are in. Is the objective for Willow Tree, you know, total market domination, or is it more organic growth? You know, kind of what's the what's the future look like? What are we what are we aiming towards? Gosh, it's hard to articulate it, but I think it's very much like lines you hear in films like Bull Durham. We we kind of take them one at a time, right? <laughs> one client at a time. We're trying to do our best and the best thing that we can do is serve an individual client. And and I'll give you kind of a, an anecdote there. I mean, we have clients like Johnson & Johnson and GE. These were, you know, big global companies that that took a chance on Willow Tree when we were 30 or 40 people, you know, seven or eight years ago. Each one of them are clients today. And we've been, not only do we continue to be clients on the work we started with them way back when, but they've been good enough to refer us around to other parts of the organization. So I think that that view of one client at a time, one project at a time, and, and being deliberate really does pay dividends. So I, I'd say no to intergalactic domination. <laughs> I'd say I'd say yes to serving our clients well enough that they that we continue to grow and and hopefully word of mouth and referrals from those clients that that have been served well continue to to increase our client roster. I mean, those are some impressive customer names and anybody, I, I recommend anybody who's interested, please check out the Willow Tree website. They've done some amazing work. I'm, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, Mike, what, if you had one coolest project that you could actually tell us about in public, what would that be and, and why? Wow. Uh, <laughs> A loaded question, I know. <laughs> yeah, there there have been lots. One that I just I think is one of my favorites is Regal Cinema. Regal Entertainment Group is is a big client of ours. And um, we've been working with them for a couple of years now. And what's been great about the relationship, what's been great about the software has been they haven't been afraid and we haven't been afraid to to really go after big ticket, no pun intended, experiences, right? Our first bit of work with Regal was kind of reimagining the loyalty view. They, you know, they have millions and millions of people in their loyalty program. Um, they really wanted that to be a mobile first experience. We've done some really cool things around location-based services. We've kind of demystified what it means to earn points and redeem points. And that's been received really, really well by the, the, the Regal Crown Club faithful. We took that momentum when went right into coming up with a native ticketing solution for them to really make ordering tickets online, selecting seats via mobile, a much more seamless, much more friendly experience. That sort of stuff, just the momentum just keeps rolling over. Uh, I'd encourage people to download either on Android or, or iOS the Regal Cinema apps. And we think it's a it's a great companion experience to a really fun experience of going to the cinema. I wasn't aware until I was doing my you know pre-work f- for this interview that that was something that you guys had done. But when we went, uh, my wife and I went on Sunday to see Alien. 
and uh, and we were using the app, and I'm sitting there telling her, I'm like, hey, I know the guys that did this. And after about 10 minutes of me going on and on about it, I got the, hey, the, we're here to see a movie. Stop playing with the tech. <laughs> yeah. But it is a really cool experience. You guys did a really nice job with that. Oh, yeah, and we're very lucky, you know, lucky and grateful. We've, we've got clients like Regal that are committed to mobile and digital as being a, a core part of their strategy. They are – they view their space as, as mobile meets mortar and, and whether it's the staff in the, in the theater or indeed any digital asset they have, they have to be user friendly. They have to add value and, and they've got a great vision for their business and, and we're, we're happy and lucky to be their partner. So in terms of, you mentioned a couple of, you know, kind of key phrases are mobile first and, and, and the experiential part of it. I mean, having, you know, we've seen, both of us have seen kind of that industry change from like, oh crap, I need a mobile app to that real experience, you know, that total merging of physical and digital. How do you enhance an experience, a physical experience with the digital? And then, you know, the new new stuff with IoT and, and AI, VR and, and AR and all that stuff. I'm kind of curious where you see, maybe you can't tell us which of your customers are on the bleeding edge, but I'm kind of curious how, where you see the trends going and, and where you are most excited to see it go and how you're working with your sales team to make sure they're prepared for that. Yeah, I'll be slightly cheeky with the answer as to <laughs> as to clients. I would have, have folks check out the website www.willowtreeapps.com. There are great case studies on there. I'll I'll leave that part of it there. I think I think the view of the world and the clients that are getting it right kind of understand the fact that as the tech gets more complex, the goal of the tech should be getting simpler and not more complex, right? I think at the end of the day what are you solving for? Are you solving for better workflow for your employees or your teams? Are you solving for better conversion, more seamless shopping for your end consumer? And we like to ask very simple questions. You know, how would we better dot, dot, dot? How would we better allow customers to shop and book hotel rooms? How would we better allow field technicians to be more efficient in their day? How would we be better able to allow inventory managers uh, managers to be able to survey their patch and understand where they are in life on a day-to-day basis? So I, I think that's the key. I think that the days of everybody just hand wavily saying we need apps are, are over. And, and, and quite frankly, we find ourselves sometimes talking clients out of apps or websites and, and steering them to existing assets they already have. But for us, those simple questions, if you can answer those simple questions, the tech can get you there. But having the answer to those simple questions of of what are you trying to achieve? What needs are you satisfying? Who are you trying to serve? And to what end? If you can answer those questions, you know, the tech will help you get there and a partner will help you get there. But it really does have to start with asking and answering the right questions. Have you found that the so when we started, and it was all about mobile apps, right? The, the education component of the sales cycle was uh, fairly significant just because people weren't as familiar with really what design, why design is important and making things easy isn't simple necessarily, right? And then you kind of move through this and you see the education portion of a sales cycle change to 
all right, well, hey, I saw a commercial by Apple or I saw Ives talk about, you know, why they used what aluminum they use. So I kind of get what design means. So now your education switches, right? You got to go from why it's important to, okay, you, you really don't understand it as well as you do <laughs> or, or as well as you should and what it means to your business. Um, that education portion of it has, I've seen it always be a challenge. Uh, I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, but having people on the, that have that engineering background that can also understand the larger business focus, speak a common language becomes pretty critical, not only to the success for Willow Tree, but for the success of the organizations you're working with. Yeah. And, and that having that technical, technical background and being kind of astute as to what clients are trying to get to and what they're trying to achieve, you know, at the end of the day, for us, a measure of success is have you had a fruitful conversation? Have you, even if a you know we invest hours and and days and in some cases weeks in an opportunity and they don't all go our way but but i think when we look back on all of them have we brought some new thinking to bear have we understood and given a potential client some benefit based on our experience and have we helped form their thinking uh we we'd happily chalk that up to a little bit of a a bit of free consulting and and none of us feel really bad about that i think at the end of the day, you know, back to one of the questions you asked earlier, particularly around pipeline development and the like, back to that honest view of where you are as a sales organization, as a business development organization is how many connections have you made? How many real genuine connections have you made? Whether there's an RFP or a brief or an ask, uh, you know, that is it real is as much about the opportunity being available and a budget available as it is. Did you make a connection? And I think to the point you were making about engaging in these conversations, if you've made a connection, that's a win. It may not result in business day one, but I, I can't tell you how many times we'll get a call out of the blue a year later after a conversation saying, hey, we always really felt like we connected with you guys. We didn't have anything going at the time or for whatever reason we, we didn't go with you. Um, we're back now. So I think that the type of conversations you were talking about before are very approaching them in the right way results in, in, in a connection and a success, no matter what the near term brings. Yeah. I mean, people buy from people, right? At the end of the day, you have to be able to trust me because with some of these projects, we're talking about budgets that, that, you know, somebody that becomes the sponsor for working with Willow Tree or any agency, that, that could be a career limiting, you know, move if it goes south, right? I've seen people lose their jobs because they bet on the wrong horse, so to speak, right? So at the end of the day, if you can get that authentic connection, understand that people buy from people, be respectful, right, in, in the interactions. I think that goes a long way for building the trust that's that's critical for the success, especially in professional services. For sure. We, we agree. So when you look at your organization right now, what's the biggest challenge you guys are kind of facing and wrestling with today? I think we've covered a little bit already. I think, you know, demand continues to be robust. So coverage is, is key. You know, we are and we continue to look for um, business development executives that fit the bill that that kind of are a good fit for our culture. So scaling the scaling the commercial side of the business is is key. And I think you know back to your Jerry Maguire reference earlier. I I, I won't wax lyrically on his <laughs> ma manifesto, but w what I will say is the trend we're seeing in our business is deeper. It's deeper relationships. It's more time spent on a product, on an account, on a company. 
And that creates a need for more time spent on the commercial side on a client-by-client -client basis. We love it. So I think one of the challenges for us is, is staffing. And, you know, as any other business, it's, it's staying on top of trends. And can you get out ahead of the next thing? I, I think there are many things that are out there in front of us, whether it be machine learning or multimodal uh, interfaces. I, I think for, for a business like ours, we have to be way out there and kind of leaning to the next thing. And I think if we've got this, the business folks that can engage and we have this kind of natural maker uh, culture within the business, then we're in pretty good position for what's ahead of us. It's a very, is a very cool space for anybody who wants to be on the, on the bleeding edge. Um, you know, you spend 10 years there and then you, you, like I've done, you kind of step back and, and work in another area and you go, wow, you guys, you guys are still using this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much better stuff out there. Excellent. All right. So one last question that I, I ask all of our guests, uh, we call it our acceleration insight. So if you had one piece of advice or direction that you could give to an individual in sales, a consultant or, or marketing that you believe would make them more successful and, and help them hit their hit or beat their targets, what would that be and why? I think it's a great question. I, I And there are probably 10 ways to answer it, but I'll pick one. I mentioned before about being honest about what you're doing, being honest about your pipeline, being honest about your approach, being honest with where you think you are in the cycle. And quite frankly, I think that coupled with the question I kind of mentioned just a couple of minutes ago of, of, did you make a connection? And I think if you can coach your teams or you can coach yourself to measure where you are in your sales life cycle, pipeline, quarter, week, and measure on real connections. And I think and how real that is. I think if you measure yourself in that regard, I think you're going to be more effective with things that, that challenge salespeople in any industry. You'll manage your time better. You'll use your resources better. You'll be less stressed because you won't be worried about, hey, I've got a hundred things in the hopper. How am I going to manage all of them? When if you're really honest with yourself and you've made connections, you may only have seven or eight. It does simplify your life. So my view of the world is whether you're an individual performer or indeed a sales manager that's looking after potentially hundreds or even thousands of sales executives, that currency of how many connections did you make and being honest about it, honest about it in, in your day-to-day -day communication, honest about it in your reporting, I think that makes life for a salesperson much, much simpler because being a sales executive or a business developer is, is a complex way of life. And if you can find ways to simplify it and, and give you opportunities to better spend your time, there's got to be some upside in that. Yeah. Simple is always better. And just like with the digital space, simple is not always easy. <laughs> yeah. It takes yeah. some focus I, to pull that I, off. I, right? I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So if people interested in connecting with you, talking more about some of the things we've covered or we're learning more about Willow Tree, what's the best way for them to go about that? Uh, yeah, they uh, check out the website. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to make an initial connection with me. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, for those that have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to post a review in iTunes, share it with your friends, families, coworkers, spread the magic. Um, we're doing this to try and make people more effective, give you guys some insights and access to revenue executives that will provide you guys with information, again, to make you more successful in your careers. Uh, we've got a lot of other interviews on the website, b2brevexec.com, so don't hesitate to check that out as well. Mike, I can't thank you enough for the time today. This has been great. 
Um, is there any last parting words or any questions you have for me? No, Chad, happy to do it. Keep in touch and, and uh, hopefully we'll connect again soon. All right, excellent. I wish you nothing but the best and we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.